As COVID restrictions finally loosen up and we're able to shut our mask in grocery stores and shopping malls, it seems our schools are moving in the opposite direction. Many colleges are mandating vaccinations for students and Governor Northam's administration extended an emergency order requiring kids five and older to wear masks at school. There are mixed feelings on all this and where do we draw the line between public safety and personal freedoms? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, since we're talking about COVID regulations today, Victoria, have you noticed some local businesses that just seem to struggle with where to fall on all these regulations? I think some of them are just confused. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say I guess the bulk of the stores I see are doing the whole sign, like, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But, of course, they can't ask. So it's kind of a humorous thing because they can't actually enforce it. But, yeah, then you forget to bring a mask at the one or two places that do. You know, I didn't even have any in my car the other day, and I show up at a medical appointment. Medical appointments, still requiring them. Well, that leads us right into what we're talking about today, and that's that the latest news is Governor Northam's administration extended an emergency order on kids wearing masks in K-12 schools. First of all, why is this still labeled emergency? I mean, I think it feels like we're far beyond that point. And haven't we already established that kids have the lowest risk? So what's really going on here? What we've got here is that they aren't following the science. We know that kids are very unlikely to get COVID. And if they do get it, typically the response is like a common cold or like a, at worst, a, a bad flu. And so this idea that we've got an emergency order when there's no longer really a pandemic hitting the bulk of the population is just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like the kids are the least part of that emergency. And I am wondering how this is actually affecting our schools, especially since this applies to public and private, right? So what's been the reaction that you've been hearing from Christian schools to this? Yeah, I, they're not happy. I mean, they're ready. A lot of schools are ready to move on. A lot of schools feel that they are in the safe zone. They look at the science and they say, look, if you're 12 and over or whatever it is, you can get the vaccination. So they're middle school, high school kids by choice. They're where they need to be. And if you're under that age, like I said, it's just schools are going I'm not interested in this, and yet the governor is trying to impose this on them. And so I will say schools are happy to not see the spacing requirements to the same degree. That was probably the most onerous part of the CDC guidelines in the past. And let's just pray those don't come back because that's what really forced people home in some cases. Because small Christian schools, you know, how far can you space people out? Well, it does feel like at least a bit of an overreach for the state government to not only be giving those kind of orders to the public schools, but also sweeping the faith-based schools in that. So is this a potential violation of separation of church and state? Well, this is challenging because, in fact, there are vaccination lists that do apply to private schools, right? So the state does think it has the right to say when kids are gathered, if they're contagious diseases, we are going to force them to be vaccinated. Now, this is a different kind of vaccine. We are still in the emergency phase. And that's what we're going to, you know, talk about a little bit more. I think here is this isn't the same as, you know, measles, mumps, whatever the, yeah, the old experimental. Exactly. And so um, so I think that's where the church state line does get crossed. OK. Yeah. And it's just kind of ironic with we hear liberals screaming separation of church and state all the time. But I hear silence on this part. It's a one way so, separation. Don't yeah. let religion affect what we want to do with a secular government, but they're fine with a secular government affecting religion. Let's be clear, that's a one-way belief. It's just not said that way. Well, you know, another thing that's interesting in all this is that the person who actually issued this particular order 
is the state health commissioner, Dr. Norman Oliver. And I just think that's interesting because it's the same person that stirred up controversy earlier saying that he planned to mandate the corona vaccine for pretty much everybody statewide when it was going to become available. So I know that he got a lot of pushback on that. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, and when he said it, let's remember back when where we were, we didn't even know what was in the vaccine at that point. So he's talking about a mandate before we even know the contents, how it goes, what it does to your body. It was a, it was a very terrible statement by a government official, and I think everybody was concerned. And th- this was also the administration that was against the bill we put forward in the General Assembly to try to give people an opt-out when the vaccine came along. We said all vaccines in Virginia have typically had a religious exemption or an exemption because you don't believe your conscience says this is not a good thing for your child, for example. And they opposed it, this administration. Yeah, and I think that's the concerning thing behind all this is that these emergency orders are coming. They're kind of blanket, private faith-based swept into that. And then we're not seeing this respect for religious freedom exemptions. So it just kind of sets a disturbing precedent overall. Absolutely. And we are encouraging folks. There is a form you can kind of fill out and try to, you know, make your statement about your religious exemption if that's your issue with the vaccine. We're just going to keep pushing that, that this isn't something that can be done without exception. Well, where can people find that form? Well, we actually have it right there on our legal website. So foundingfreedomslaw.org. You can actually go and grab that K-12 religious exemption for vaccination form. Okay, great to know. Thanks for tuning in if you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. Well, this issue is also stirring up some pretty significant controversy at the college level. There are a lot of Virginia public universities that have started requiring students to receive this COVID-19 vaccine before they can even come back on campus. Tell us what's going on with that. Yeah, it's the bulk of the universities that our kids go to here. UVA, VCU, ODU, all these great colleges, you know, even James Madison. So when you think about the places that our kids are going and they're all saying you can't come back on campus until you've had this vaccination, it's really disturbing for a lot of parents because parents need to make the best decision for their individual child and their own child's medical situation about whether that's right for them. Yeah, that's right. And now our legal center, the Founding Freedoms Law Center, is getting involved in this. They sent a letter to all of those universities urging them to end that mandate and instead ensure that these vaccines are voluntary. Victoria, just help us understand why did our legal team feel like they needed to get involved in this? Well, I want to be clear. We don't take a position on whether the vaccine is right or wrong. We take a position that a parent has the fundamental right in the life of their child to help make those decisions with their children as they go off to university and that that child who is, you know, technically by law an adult at this point, gets to make their own decision about whether they put a vaccine in their body if it's good for them. And so what's really important to continue to remember is these, um, the letter was 13 different universities. These universities need to understand this is still under emergency use authorization. So that means we are not done enough with this vaccine to say that it is permanent, that it is permanently known to be good for all people. They have to let this thing take some time. And so um, this is just jeopardizing the overall fundamental freedom that we have here as, uh, as Virginians. Yeah, people should be able to take in all the information, make an educated decision based on the pros and cons on what is good for their particular body, their risk situation. You know, we don't need the government to be nanny here, especially for students that are younger 
and have a lot less risk a lot of times. And I guess there's even been some risk coming out for people that are younger, even more so in some cases than older people. I mean, we've had this stuff coming out on heart inflammation and not not that that's happening to everybody, but it's there. And so, you know, people should be able to look at that and make decisions. Yeah. In this particular case with COVID, most of the testing was done on adults. So they have now allowed this thing when you're 12 and over, you can take it. But keep in mind, it's still not even authorized under the age of 12. And so what we're saying is we're going to force an experimental drug on uh, on our kids. And I think a lot of parents just aren't there yet. Also, I think it's important to note that legally speaking, there is nothing in the Virginia legal code that authorizes universities to mandate COVID vaccines for students. Yeah, that's really interesting um, because I think there's a part of this with our legal team getting involved that we need to hold our public institutions accountable that they're actually following the law and just, you know, not blindly overreaching in a way that just tramples on people's fundamental freedoms. Yeah, and I think we have to remember something here that, you know, when it's not an an officially FDA-approved drug all the way through the authorization, we have to remember that it's actually, there's something called the Nuremberg Code, and this has been a longstanding thing, and it states that voluntary consent is necessary when conducting medical experiments on humans. So people might recall where that comes from. This is a reference back to the Holocaust. And what we're saying is we're not going to do any kind of experimental things in our on our population. And so to have an experimental drug and then try to mandate violates that. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is the bottom line reason why we can't afford to just sweep aside basic human rights and freedoms in the name of a public emergency because it does open the door for a very dangerous precedent and put us on the wrong road. Um, But just from the medical perspective alone, like I was saying, we know that young people are at a very low risk of death with this virus. And at the same time, there are some real risk to younger people. Yeah, I mean, we, we want to right up front acknowledge that there are young people out there who need the COVID vaccine due to their vulnerabilities or their physical situation, whatever their medical background is. But, I, you know, what it reminds me of, honestly, is when our General Assembly tried to mandate the HPV vaccine. And the reason that was scary precedent was because that was the first time they were trying to mandate a vaccine for something you can't get by sitting next to someone in a classroom. There has to be sexual activity. And so that was the same kind of thing where they were trying to create new precedent around vaccines. And we should be wary every time the government takes that extra step, goes a little further into our lives. Yeah, those are the places they can go and are willing to go. Oh, I, I think nothing, you know, in that case, it was big pharma, honestly, in the General Assembly, you know, with the big bucks, kind of like the casino thing we've seen this year, pushing it. And while it may serve a great purpose and people may choose to do it, don't make it seem like you show up in a classroom and you're going to get this by by someone else next to you having it. That's that's unfortunate. Well, just in case people are wanting to know how they can get information, especially if they're concerned about their college student and they want to know um, how to get an exemption maybe or send something to the college on what their freedoms are, you can go to familyfoundation.org and just look for the Founding Freedoms Law Center banner. That's familyfoundation.org. Look for the Founding Freedoms Law Center banner, and you'll find lots of good resources. You can see the letter that was sent out to all these colleges and get information that will help you with your students. Well, it's that time again. Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award, where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! 
You know, it's interesting that back in the day, we used to hear these reassurances from gay activists that when they were lobbying for things like nationwide gay marriage, you know, opposed from the courts all the way down, that they're just talking about fairness and equality and that it wasn't really going to affect other people's day-to-day lives. But now it seems like things are getting a little more in your face, shall we say. Yeah, I don't even hear the kind of talk anymore. It's just much more aggressive. And unfortunately, just the other day, we had an issue where the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir actually announced in their song that they're coming after our children. Let's go ahead and listen to that. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked? Funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. Well, we'll spare you from hearing any more of that whole disturbing tune, but just to sum it all up, the full choir does eventually come in and repeat in the chorus over and over, we're coming for them, we're coming for your children. Now, let me just back up a little bit and give some context for this. Apparently, this was done during Pride Month, and it was introduced with this statement, quote, As we celebrate pride and progress we've made over these past years, there's still work to be done. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights, we have a message for you. And then that's when they start singing this thing about we're coming for your children. Now, I do realize that this is a form of satire, but still, when you're listening to it, there is this kind of we're going to stick our finger in your eye kind of feel like very aggressive anger tone behind it. Yeah, I have to say, you know, for for many of us, that's been the concern for a long time, that it's that it is actually changing the hearts and minds of our kids that is at stake. But for them to actually say it and in fact sing it, it's getting so brazen. Yeah, it definitely feels like that we've reached a new level here. Uh, We don't even have to cloak this in anything else. Um, This this is in your face now. Um, I think we're seeing that society-wide, and I do think it just means that it's more important more than ever for us to be speaking truth and love on this issue in a way that cuts through that anger. Yeah, and but for now, what we're going to have to do is wrap this up by awarding this week's Inconceivable Award to the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir for a public relations misstep that reveals the disturbing agenda beneath it all. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.